0: This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi. This is David Healy. Hello. This is Stephen Ferris. Hi. I'm Bethany Ferris. Hi. This is Joey Barton. Enchilas Gutierrez. Hi. This is Harry Q. And your you're listening news. to the score.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
2: along to the score with me Michael Clark here on Lisburn's 98 FM and Bangor FM coming up on this week's program They've already booked their place in the Euros now attention turns to their World Cup qualifiers Women's boss Kenny Shields talks to me ahead of an international double header starting tonight against Luxembourg That game takes place at Inver Park and whilst I was there I caught up with Lauren Boss Tiernan Lynch their European exploits were something to savour. Have they finally sunk in? And can they preserve their unbeaten start to the season? A trip to Seaview awaits them this weekend. We hear from Portadown manager Matthew Tipton. He's readying his side for a meeting with Carrick Rangers. And can a comeback over Anna United be a turning point for Balamini United? Ross Redman will be on the show.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
2: Yes, hello and welcome along to the score here on Lisburn's 98 FM and Banger FM. A big weekend for football fans with international and domestic fixtures for us to get our teeth through in this next hour. Or so with our brilliant guests from Northern Ireland, we'll hear from Kenny Shields in just a moment. Plus coming up in the program we'll also hear from Tiernan Lynch. I was uh, chatting to him as well at Inver Park. Plus Matthew Tipton and Ross Redmond. We really do spoil you on this programme. Where else would you get it? Uh, Before we go anywhere, I just want to say, I guess I get well soon to uh, a number of players that have picked up injuries. It feels like um, several have been particularly unlucky. Carrick Rangers game against Glenavon last weekend, as we know, had to be abandoned with the result being upheld and Carrick Rangers getting their 4-0 victory. Um, as a result of that, but Lee McNulty was uh, the player who um, suffered a a really bad injury there, and that's why the game had to be abandoned. So uh, wishing him a speedy recovery, fantastic to see Carrick Rangers have offered him an extension to his contract, which was set to expire at the end of this season, so it allows him to prioritise his recovery and not worry about his future with the club. That's a very classy gesture, and uh, something that shouldn't be overlooked or taken for granted in today's game. Josh Kelly at Ballymena United um, suffered an injury out for six to eight weeks with a, a fracture there. And Rory Crossgree midweek has been hurt too. So uh, I'm sure there are players up and down the country that have missed out. But there's a, a few, I guess, that I'm aware of immediately that come to mind. So uh, to them and to anyone else that's picked up an injury, uh, get well soon. I don't do this normally, but when there's a few serious ones, I think it's only right that we sort of acknowledge those players who now have some time on the sidelines. We'll get an update on Crossgrey's condition with his manager, of course, on the programme in a little bit. But first things first, World Cup qualifiers for Northern Ireland. How exciting. How will our women fare? They are at Inver Park tonight. That's for Luxembourg. And then that is followed by the visit of Latvia to Windsor Park. It's the first time that Northern Ireland's women will have played a home game at Windsor Park since the stadium was redeveloped, so um, amazing for them to be able to do that. And they would be certainly considered favourites in these two games, and um, when they face North Macedonia, they will have that tag as well. But it should be pointed out the group also consists of England and Austria, who have to be looked at as much bigger teams. So put it into perspective, we know it's an uphill struggle. It always is for the Green and White Army, whether we're talking about men's, women's, or youth football. But it should be an exciting campaign, and certainly the the feel-good factor has been elevated given the great results under this manager, Kenny Shields, and the qualification that they have already ensured for next year's Euros in England, which uh, so many of us are looking forward to. Uh, This campaign is all about trying to reach the World Cup, which is the year after 2023 in Australia and New Zealand. And um, I think selfishly broadcasters are hoping that uh, they're definitely successful. So we can top up our tan because, frankly, what is an aeroplane at this stage? <laughs> but uh, fingers and toes crossed. Without further ado, let's uh, hear my interview with their manager, Kenny Shields, when I was there chatting to him at Inver Park earlier on.
1: The score with Michael Clark. Kenny, welcome
2: back to Lauren. Inver Park's changed a little bit since you were manager here.
1: Yeah, it's changed a wee bit, but it's
3: it's still at some of the old hallmarks to it you know and it's so modern and then it's it's got the characteristics of, of the, the church and all that it's it's a really uh, lovely place to be you know it, and you get that kick out of it and you know Kenny Bruce again is the guy that's made it happen and Larn Football Club and the people of Larn have something to be proud of and you know it makes me feel good to be around these people They've, Niall Cornean and people like that have worked really hard to make us feel welcome and water the pitch for us and all those things and it's made us settle in and it's been a good week
2: Also homecoming for Julie Nelson what a moment for her to, to step out on this pitch in her hometown and representing her country once again
3: Yeah, it'll be good for Julie she, it'll bring a little bit of nerves for her because, you know, it's her home and it's her first international match in, in Larne Um but as they say down here, you know, we, we will try and learn from that. So <laughs> uh, I think there, Julie's been a great ambassador for the game and the amount of caps that she has. And she deserves something like this. She really does. When you came into
2: the position you were talking about wanting to play in good pitches having good stadia for your players to be uh, involved in obviously cv's been a very good home you, you you've had a, a you know a change to be here but how happy are you that you can come to an Inver park in the state that it's in now and also choose dead windsor
3: park ahead i know it's brilliant and somebody's the last time i was here there was a slope but somebody stole the slope i don't know where it's gone but uh, i think coming back here for me and, and for Julie to be there it's it's her it's her occasion you know and I'm if I was near a bookies but I'm not allowed to be but I would back on her to score you never know it could be written in stone for Julie and uh, I do hope that she comes through and she gives a really good performance and uh, you know if you've played 100 odd games 120 or whatever it is which she has done and she's coming to play in her own backyard. Isn't isn't that a great feeling for her? You know, after all these years that she's been in the international setup, I'm really proud of her and and I feel good for her.
2: The Euros to look forward to next year, but obviously World Cup qualification is uh, very much at the forefront of your mind. And you've moved the team into a position where they can be looked at as favourites in certain games. And some people will be looking at you as favourites for the next two games. How do you?
3: I guess keep feet on the ground and make sure everybody goes out and plays as well as they can. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, we've got to be level-headed. But these girls will not get big-headed. That's not in their makeup, And they treat every game as if it's their last. And someday it will be. It's an old cliche, but they've got to treat every game like that. And they'll not fall under the pretense that we're the big I am. We, We can't be like that. It's not in our makeup and it's not in our culture. Northern Ireland people want to win but most of the time we go in as underdogs so it's to be slight favourites for this game tonight will be very tough. We would like to maybe come out of the traps and hit the ground running, all of the old cliches that you want them to do. We want to start the game well and see where it takes us
2: the qualification process is very convoluted, so I'll not try and explain it now. If you're group winners, you're through. If you're not group winners, it's a bit more complicated. So, what's a realistic target for your team here? What, what are you hoping to achieve?
3: Well, the finals, I don't like talking about another tournament, but uh, do you know, we'll have won the Euros before we go into the World Cup finals. You know, you have to, <laughs> you have to balance it. You can't say we're going to do this and do that, but being serious you know if we can fight and challenge the top two because that's what i said before in in the last one and we want to get in striking distance austria were beaten in the semi-finals and penalties of the last tournament england are england and those are games which are really tough for us but for me to talk about them now is is very naive because i want to talk about the here and the now, which is Luxembourg, are in the tip of my tongue all the time. And the girls know that. And then step by step, old cliches, but it's it's right and proper that we treat Luxembourg with the respect they deserve. The score
1: with Michael Clark.
2: Northern Ireland women's manager Kenny Shields sharing his thoughts at Enver Park after he was meeting members of the press now. Another man I was able to catch up with whilst I was at Inver Park is the alarm boss,
1: Tiernan Lynch. The score with Michael Clark.
2: Tiernan, nice to be doing a face to face interview for the radio. Uh, Too many Zoom calls these days.
0: Yeah, it's great to have football back and it's great to have the supporters back. And uh, now it feels like proper football again. And there's been a proper atmosphere for the first few games. I'm sure you've been enjoying that. Yeah, it's, I think for everybody, um, we, we. And I think we're credit needs to go to everybody, especially the players and the staff and everybody involved, because last year was very difficult without our supporters. And we we're also very fortunate at Inver Park, where our supporters are our twelfth man. Um, and the last couple of games, they've, they've very much been that.
2: A great start to the season, obviously an unbeaten start, including the the cup win midweek too. I'm sure for you it's all about keeping everybody nice and relaxed and not getting carried away and thinking about game 38 when it's you know, game four.
0: Yeah, that's listen, we were exactly the same last year. I think it was other people around us started to get a little bit carried away. We we're all too long in the tooth to, to, to understand that there's certainly to be given any league medals out or talking about European places in, in, uh, in September or October. Um, and our job is just can we try and get better every week? Can we work hard Monday to Friday? And, and we'll see where it takes us. And it seems to have been a measured recruitment process. You haven't gone all out and tried
2: to make wholesale changes by any means. I suppose that is testament to how well last season went.
0: Well, again, that's actually a good word, measured. Um, we try to we try to structure what we do. Um, we identified based on last year where we felt there was areas we needed to improve. Um, we're absolutely delighted with our recruitment. We've had we've brought some absolutely fantastic boys in who have just absolutely and utterly loved every minute of coming into what we do, our structure, our game model, what we're trying to do here at the club and the town. Um, and they've been a breath of fresh air. I didn't realise Kofi Balmer was so good in front of goal.
2: He's usually keeping goals out at the other end with vital tackles and headers.
0: Yeah, he's telling me that um, Davey McDade and Ronan Hill need to step back and let him, let him in there. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be happy if goals are contributed across the pitch, of course. Yeah, that, that's the key. I think last year, one of the areas that we probably fell, fell a little bit short was was we needed to be a wee bit more penetrative in, 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 in the final third. And I think if you look at the start of the season, albeit it's only three games in, but um, we're getting goals from from different areas of the pitch, which, which is great for us. The frustration, I guess, towards the, the second half of last season was
2: there was a period of time where your form dipped in, and you know that obviously hurt you. You found the form again. Uh, is there a secret to that or, or is that the frustration of a manager? Sometimes you can't put
0: your finger on it. Um, it was very frustrating. And, and the reason it was probably very frustrating was because we weren't able to put our finger on it. Um, the boys never worked any less or never gave any, any less commitment on a daily basis. If anything, they, the, the poor creatures worked even harder. Um, and, and they felt that as much as anybody or probably more than anybody, and that, unfortunately, that's football. Yeah, you have good days, you have bad days, you have good weeks. Looking back, I think our big problem was that it lasted longer than what we wanted. At the last, um, we know that no team, no matter how good you are, are, going to go through thirty-eight games without having a dip in form or losing games or performances not being good. Um, ours just lasted longer than what we wanted. What are your targets for this season? Then I'm sure you've got a few. Our targets for this season is to, to try and get something at Seaview on Saturday. And beyond that, that, that's your job, Michael, to make those accusations and talk about things like that. Um, my job is to get us ready to go out there and give a good account of ourselves and see where it takes us. I'm sure I'll manage to think of something between now and then. <laughs> um, Crusaders, obviously a
2: very good side, plenty of pedigree within it. And you know you're up for a battle in that match in North Belfast.
0: Yeah, I was very fortunate to be able to go and watch Crusaders um, a couple of Tuesday nights ago against Portadown, and they they definitely looked like their old selves again. They were big, they were strong, they were dominant, they were physical, um, and they 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 were just too much for Portadown on that night. Um, and and we know we're we know what we're getting going in there. Um, they also have a lot of very good footballers. Um, there's a lot of experience in their team. Um, Stephen has been around the block a right few times as well, so. They have a little bit of everything. And that feeling, I'm
2: sure, which Stephen Baxter felt and every manager's felt when you think of a game won and your opponents, particularly when it's a Derby game, score in stoppage time, you want to go and make
0: the next team pay for the mistakes of the past, don't you? Yeah, but I, I think that's what this, the, the, the league is, for, in my opinion, stronger than it's ever been. And I think like you're talking about league titles and things like that. And I think you could probably go down any four or five clubs and if they get the, the, the right breaks and a wee bit of luck I think any of them are capable of winning it um, and I think that's what as I say makes our league as special as it is I'm just keen to get your thoughts on the Northern Ireland squad training here ahead of their first match against Luxembourg how special for Larne and, and how special for you as Larne manager that you can host an international fixture at your ground funny I was just talking to Kenny Bruce about it this morning um, and it, it's amazing when you think back four and a half years ago when we walked in the doors our our pitch was had a six foot drop on it. We played Lurgan Celtic here one day and there actually wasn't a blade of grass on the pitch. Um Marty Donnelly loved the goalkeeper and it stuck in the mud. Um and, and you look around the place now and you see Kenny and the girls and Dean who are doing an unbelievable job. Um, and it's just I think it's brilliant not just for Lauren and the community of Lauren but, but the whole of football and women's football and I, I say I'd like to Wish my, can, my um, best of luck for, for Kenny and Dean and the girls come Friday night. It's a real
2: pinch yourself moment, isn't it? As you say, you, you've been here for the, the muck on the pitch where there should have been grass and, and everything else. So looking round now, and I mean we're standing in front of a, a stand which is being developed and uh, it certainly looks a lot different from uh, recent years.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the terminology that we keep using and, and is we're not finished. Um, we, we've still so much to achieve. Yes, absolutely, we're going in the right direction. But... Uh, I like the attitude of, of everybody involved in Lauren, because, which is how do we get better? How do we improve? Doesn't matter how good that stand is or that stand is. How do we how do we improve? What areas can we get better at? What areas can we become more professional at? And and I think the day we stop doing that is is, is the day that things start to go wrong.
2: I want to congratulate you on your maiden voyage in European football. Um... To be honest, frankly, ridiculous, really, when you look at what you were up against to achieve what you did it is amazing. Has that sunk in yet? I know you can't let players get carried away or live in the past, but it
0: was amazing. Um, to be honest, you, I don't even think about it. It's At the time, we loved every minute of it. Um, I can't heap any more credit on the players and the staff and everybody involved in the football club. Um, we we enjoyed the, the travel, we enjoyed setting up against European opposition. Um, it was just a great experience for everybody. But as you've just rightly said, it's over, it's gone. Um, it's now time to back the domestic football, Crusaders on Saturday, and it's important that, that that's what we concentrate on.
1: The score with Michael Clark.
2: Keeping things Irish League, after just hearing from the alarm manager Tiernan Lynch, we'll be shortly speaking to Ross Redman of Ballymena United. But before that, it's a guest from Portadown.
1: The score with Michael Clark. I'm
2: pleased to welcome him back onto the score now. It's Portadown boss Matthew Tipton. Matthew, how are you? Very good, Michael. How's things? Things are good. Uh, nice to be, I guess, feeling a bit more like usual, isn't it? Going to football games, fans and and all the noise and atmosphere that we've missed for so long.
4: Yeah, it's been it's been really good so far. Obviously, we've had a, a few big crowds at home with you know Glenavon on the opening day, and then uh, Lamb brought a big crowd, and, and obviously Limerick last Saturday was was packed, and it and it's good to see. You know, we we obviously want them back in and. You know, I suppose from a purely selfish point of view, I want more of our fans in. Um, you know, I want them to get back in the habit of coming, which they've probably fallen out of over the last few years because obviously we had, you know, three years I suppose in the championship, and it's easy to find something better to do than, you know, watch championship football. And then when when the buzz was there for us getting back up last year, there was no fans allowed. So. You know, we need to get them back now because we know that we do have a big fan base. It's, it's about getting more numbers through the turnstiles every week and, and making sure that they're there, you know, to roar us on. But it's been really good. And, it, you know, I was at the Oval last Friday watching Palomina and, and, and obviously Glentoran were at home and the place was packed out. I don't know how many was in, but it was brilliant to see. And, you know, people just, you know, so obviously everybody's still wary, but people look like they're relaxed and enjoying the game of football. And, and it's, yeah, it's great to see.
2: On paper, if you, you know, look at the league table, some Portadown fans would go, oh, we've, we've played four games in the league here, we've lost three with only one point, panic stations. But when you actually look through the games, um, it, the the results don't really tell the full story. You've you played some very tough fixtures.
4: Every game's tough, we know that. But I suppose if you look at it, you know, we've played you know, Glen Avon, which is a local derby. They were fired up after what happened on the first day last season, I suppose. And then, you know, did you know, their big signings and I'm wanting to hit the ground running and I think Gary's been out, you know, he's made no bones about it, they should be getting in the top six with the, the signings they made. So that was a tough game, you know, and I think the, the big disappointment from us is whilst we felt they were better than us on the day, you know, we created some good chances when we did get our nose in front of the 92nd minute to then concede a the free kick, which, being honest, wasn't a free kick. Um <laughs> you know, Raph's giving it for handball if Adam Sally where it hit him on his hip and if it did hit him on his hand, hand was as close to his hip as could be and if it, you know, by the letter of the law, if it hits off one body part and then ricochets onto the hand, that's not a handball anymore but, you know, their point was, Sasha, what's the difference It's 30 yards from goal it's not going to harm you and then when he, Michael O'Connor stuck in the top corner, of course, it harmed us, you know, so that was that game. Line I felt, we stood off them for the first 25 minutes and they went two up. But after that, when we got into them, we had a go. We were, you know, I suppose we were unfortunate we didn't get an equaliser. And then, again, you know, Leeds this this foaming, apologise, so I'm sure he won't mind me referencing it on here. The guy was miles offside. Well, not miles, because the pitch is only 100 and odd yards <laughs> long, but he's two three yards offside. Scored that 3-1, it kind of puts it to bed. Um, we, we managed to get in it. You know, another goal to make it three-two, but then irrelevant. And Liverpool last week, you know, two-one up, and felt we were we were really going well. We just couldn't stop the juggernaut because they came, and and obviously they, they don't want to lose. Like nobody wants to lose. And, and when you get up ahead up a steam, whoever gets ahead of steam up in this league, it's hard to stop. You know, even ourselves, if we're going and and we're knocking down the door, it's hard to stop. And and we just, you know, we just didn't. I say it out to the 90th minute against them. So in between all that was obviously a Crusaders game where well in the game and and we had a mad 10-minute spell and conceded four, and that was probably the one where I could say, right, do you know what? We got what we deserved out of that game, which was zero. And the other three, you know, we could have been sitting, truth be told, on seven points. Or we could have, you know, or, or, you know, bare minimum three anyway. So, yeah, it's something... We're not gonna, you know, we don't throw the toys out of the pram, and we don't panic now. Four games into a league season, a uh, hell of a long way to go. And look, if we're sitting after 24 games and we've only got one point, then I'll be, I'll be worrying. But currently, no, not worrying at all.
2: Two very good performances, certainly from what I heard. Uh, the, the games against Linfield and, Larne and you know, to lose by the odd goal. But as you said, you must be due a bit of luck soon. Without, you know, a couple of decisions have gone against you in recent weeks. You've even had a referee phone and apologise. So is it your turn to get the rub of the green?
4: You'd like to hope so. Look, we we always try and take the referees out of the equation and just hope that our performances are more than enough. If that's not the case, that's not the case. Um, what we can do is, like I say, affect our own performance by going out making sure we take the referee out of the equation. Don't try not to let the ball into our box too often. And and when it does go into their box, make sure we put the ball in the back of the
2: net. Someone that's been playing very well for you is Rory Crossgree. And unfortunately, he picked up what initially sounded like a very nasty injury in your League Cup win over Newington. Is there an update there with him?
4: Um, yeah, he we went for an X ray, um and he went back yesterday morning to get you know, to get a second one on it and, and it's looking like no fracture yet. Obviously the swelling will be bad, so we need to get him assessed by the physio tonight and then it'll probably be a case of sending him for an M R I scan um, as soon as possible. When the swelling goes down to see what ligament damage it is. We all know, you know, ligaments could be worse than a fracture, uh, all that kind of carry on, but I think you know, we're pleased that it's not a bad fracture to start with, and then we'll we'll assess it from there and take it on. Because he he has been shining light for us since he's come back in pre-season. He, he, he's in a real good place fitness-wise. Now it's a case of hopefully this isn't as bad as first period and and we can keep his his per you know keep him positive over the next however long and get him back in the team.
2: And the good news from that game is Harry Anderson. You know, a young player that. Uh, People will be keeping an eye on. Obviously he's been involved in Youth International setup and uh two goals in uh, that midweek victory. Just how talented is he? You
4: know, obviously Harry was over at Portsmouth for two years there. Um you know, like all the young lads that come home, I think there's a couple of things, you know, it's a culture shock to them. They're coming in, it's part time football and whilst we're training as much as we can, it's still evening, so he may be sitting about all day. You know, and it, and it's a blow to them when they you know they get told you know, in the nicest possible way. They're not good enough to make a career in England and it's not a nice thing to be told that. So it takes time and what we have to do now is is coax the best of him out of him again because obviously we know he can do it. He's done it for us previously at this level, you know, as in first team level RIP right, in the championship before he went as a 15, 16 year old. And now, you know, we have to encourage that, make sure that he's doing the right things and and get everything, you know, every ounce of it out of him. Yeah, and and you know that comes in different manners. How we're going to do it, you know, extra time in the training pitch, the odd chat, the odd different thing. But we've just got to make sure that Harry's now ready to play as much as he can because we, you know, we'll, we'll need him over the course of the year and beyond
2: you're getting a bit of a reputation for spotting good goalkeepers. You've now got some competition for the number one jersey. Figuratively speaking, uh, we know the numbers are assigned already, but uh, in terms of who gets that starting berth between the post and Doherty and Barr?
4: Well, you know, we brought Harry in and then Jedhram became available. We knew we wanted two goalkeepers and, you know, are we getting them to, you know, because of the work we've done with goalkeepers, if that's the case, you know, Good because you know it's always good to get a positive um, reputation, and they've both done really well since they've been in. Obviously, Jaden was late coming to us through uh, quarantine and oh, everything else that happens when you move from South Africa. So, you know, we're seeing, we're starting to see the best of him. He played the other night, kept a clean sheet, and looked good. You know, down the line, I want to be having to make decisions on a weekly basis of which one I want to start. So, long long may that continue as well.
2: Last year, you were unlucky losing some key players to injury. Paddy McNally being a notable one. How is he progressing in his recovery?
4: Yeah, look, we knew he, he's out until December at least. Luke Wilson as well, who's captain. You know, we're we missing both of them, um, and it's it's not easy. But we, you know, we knew that going into the season, and we had to get other players in. Hopefully, when the two boys do come back, as well as Cal McFay, who's out. You know, be it just before or just after Christmas there will be, you know, with the old cliche, there will be like new signings for us. And we do miss them, of course, because they're good players and, and also leaders in the dressing room, which is important. You know, and you often think, you know, we're 10 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, if this and if. If they were available, would have be considered later on? Then these are things that you're never going to know the answer to. But it, I'd much prefer to have them in my team than in the stand.
2: Most certainly, and I'm sure your supporters would like to see them back as soon as possible. We wish them a continued uh, and speedy recovery from here on in. They've uh, they've missed a good lot of football, but sadly that's the nature of football. Um, we've talked about how tough your fixtures have been up until this point, and, and not to dismiss the uh, upcoming games, but certainly there's are sides that you did well against last year post-split. Carrick Rangers being uh, up next on Saturday, then you're at home against Dungannon, and then um, away to Warren Point
4: it doesn't really matter, you know, how we done last year or, you know, where, what other people perceived, oh, you should be beating them or not, because every week's the same for me and I, I don't want to give you a rubbish boring answer but you only get three points, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, then I'll not be going any different. You know, Carrick have had a real good start to the season, Stu's got them playing a good manner, they, they seem to be creating and scoring plenty of goals, so... You know we're going to have to be fully on our game, and if any of my players think, "Oh look, we can perform any less than what we have done against Linfield and Lyon and, and Crusaders and Glenavon," you know, in terms of work rate, right, effort, and mentality, then they'll be in for for a big shock, not only from shirt, but also from what they face from myself, because if we're not at least as good, if not better than what we were last week and the week before, we'll be on the end of a defeat.
2: Is it a pressure game? It's very early in the season to be even thinking like that, but some supporters have already been talking about, and I'm talking about Carrick and Portadown fans, this is a game we have to win, because you guess. I guess you're expected to be battling with each other throughout the course of the season.
4: Well, why? I, I, I don't fathom this in football. This is why I don't understand fans, because why would you think that? Because... I'm challenging my players to be at the top of the league with Linfield and Lan. So why would I then say that playing Carrick's more important or less important than the others? So I've no, I can't answer that question because if we want to win a league, you need to beat everybody. So we're wanting to be at the top of the league. Anybody who says that they don't want to be at the top of the league shouldn't be in football. So if anybody thinks that this game's more important than last Saturday, I don't get it. You only get three points for a win. No matter who you're playing against, you know I'm sure Carrick is saying after two or three games that you know a couple of wins. Why should they not be in the top six? So they might not see us as a rival. So I'll let other people decide them things. My focus every week is winning and and three points. I don't care who we're playing against.
2: I love that as an answer. Um, you've been at down a while now. You must be feeling nice and comfortable. Uh, Talking about, you know, wanting to grow the club, what is sort of a realistic target in in the coming years for Portadown? Because I I understand the point you're making. Every team wants to be as good as they possibly can, but sort of what's a realistic short-term target, if you could set one?
4: Well, there you go. Be as good as we can. It is. It is. I don't, again, I don't get targets because, well, if I hit, what if I say to you that we should be, Finishing third in two years' time, and I'm, you know, I'm happy because we finished third. Well, no, because there's two people above me. I don't, I don't get it. You get in football, you get what you deserve. So you play 38 games, and at the end of that, that's where you finish, where you deserve to finish. So the endeavours of a weekly basis of picking up as many points as you can, and, and that takes you where it takes you. There is no targets in football. You know, I hear people saying, "Oh, we've this six games here, and we want to." target 12 points or 9 points or well why are you not targeting 18? Because it's 18 to play for. You're not going to get them because it might be a week you draw or you lose or you might lose to all 6. So then what happens? I came out and told you that I wanted to hit this target and we don't hit it. Well does that mean I failed? So I don't I can't understand that. You know when we were in the championship obviously it was an easy target we had to win the league to get promoted. After that there is no target because you get You've just got to keep going until, you know, until the, yeah. You know, if we win the league, for sake, it is that? Is that the end of, is that it then? You just have it, you just stop, you know, so then there's always something beyond that. Win a cop, win another cop, win, go, go through rounds in Europe, and I'm sure every other manager is the same, or every manager that I speak to, that's what, that's the way football is. You can't stop in football. you stop, you're standing still and you'll be overtaken, so... Why you can't make targets. You can't set targets. You'll get knocked down and lose them.
2: What I hear in that answer is the experience of someone that's, you know, played football professionally because you don't want to give players any excuse to take their foot off the pedal. Maybe I'm wrong in, in phrasing it that way, but is that part of it? Is that why you need to be tough? Because you, you can't you can't stop at any stage. Hundred
4: percent you're right, because people it's easy to stop then, you know, like you say, if I'm somehow Finish 7th, it's brilliant, which it will be, because it'll be an improvement from last year, but then, you know, don't be comfortable there, because that's not, you know, the end goal is to be the best that you can be in, in football, you know, there is league tables, so that means being the top of the table, and that doesn't mean that's my target in the next year, two years, three years, five years, or 25 years, you've got to just do the best you can do, and that's win as many games as you can, pick up as many points as you can, and then... Wherever that takes you, it takes you. you know, we understand that some teams are better than others. That's why the world is as it is in football.
2: And I said you've been at the club a while. You know, you came in in 2018, you, you've won the championship, you got them back to the premiership, you had a, a strong season last season, and a few months ago you were rewarded with a five-year contract. Not often do managers get given five-year contracts, so it must show the, the trust that has been put in you by uh, the powers that be at Portadown.
4: Yeah, I'm grateful for that. But, you know, at the end of the day, that they've obviously seen something in me that think that I can progress the club. Um, I think we're in a better place now than when I took over. both on and off the field, you know, we're really working hard to keep that moving forward in terms of producing our own players, you know, youth players. and We've, we've given, you know, I suppose, Middles to Cobb last week was pretty much an under-18 team. Um, Charlie McGrory done well in that game, came off the bench in the League Cup the other day with Mikey Wood for their, well, I suppose the senior debut is the middle of the Cup, but you know what I'm saying in terms of a full first-team game where we had other first-team players playing. And, you know, that, that's something that we're showing. There's other things that we're working on behind the scenes, and that's the way it has to be. And I suppose they've entrusted me to make sure that the club keeps moving forward on and off the field, we've link up with Burnley as we've spoken about before. You know, that's another part of it because these things, we have to make the best of what we can do. You know, we're not full-time and we're not got the resources that some of the other clubs have. But we don't complain about that. What we do is we make the best of what we've got. And if, you know, as at the minute the clubs say that I'm the best to do that through the way, either through my contact, my, you know, targets that I've got in terms of training sessions and different things then you know that's the way that's obviously why I've been rewarded with that contract now I have to you know keep delivering performances on and off the field for them
2: and uh, it sounds like you're just as fired up to do that as ever
4: you know me Michael I just want to be the best that I can be and, and make the players the best that they can be and, and I'll continue doing that as long as well, I was going to say, as long as I have a breath in my body, but I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll last that long. But <laughs> yeah, I'll keep I'll keep working at it and keep trying to develop and, and continue to improve the team as well as myself.
2: Well, it's been uh, lovely talking to you. Thanks for coming on to The Score, Matthew Tipton. No bother, thank you.
1: The Score with Michael Clark.
2: Now, last but by no means least, he joins us now on the show, Ross Redman of Ballymina United, and how happy will Ballymina United fans be after that, uh, well, relief maybe at full time with the win over Anna United? They certainly didn't make it easy for you, Ross.
5: No, that definitely didn't, and I think at 2-1 down, I think I, I went back in my mind to Glenn Thorne going down there many years ago and, and getting beat, so. Yeah, it was a, uh, um, it was obviously a hard place to go. Um, the pitch is very tight and they've done really well in the second half. Putting, you know, long through wins and balls into our box and, you know, they got the reward of two goals. But I think it just shows the character in our team um, to come back from that. You know, um, it has been a, a great start for ourselves in the league and um, I think most people probably thought we'd just go down there and win, which we, we knew it wasn't going to be the case. Um, it was going to be a tough game and, you know, the boys showed a lot of character to come back and, and win the game.
2: You go one nil up in that match, and you must be thinking, look, this is perfect goal just before half time. Connor Keeley, settle ourselves. Second half, we'll be professional. This'll be it. What is going through your mind when all of a sudden Stephen Murray scores a penalty and it's two one, and you've what twenty five minutes left on the clock?
5: Yeah, I think to be honest, we we started we started really well the first twenty thirty minutes, and we just didn't get the goal. And then when we when we did get the goal, I thought to be honest, Anna were coming back into the game, and they they probably felt a wee bit. Or done by because they'd done all the hard work in the first half and they went in one nil down and I think we knew they were going to come out and there's did nothing to lose and they were going to you know throw everything at it and um, we we expected it and then there's it, obviously the score um, from a long throw and then a penalty and you know that's that's when you sort of the boys had to really regroup and and we, we really had to again I think we were we were patient enough where we didn't panic and um, that we we passed the ball around the game and we got sort of our foothold back in the game and then. You know, we got a penalty, um, about the 70th minute, I think it was, and then we scored shortly after, which which really helped, um, and gave us basically the momentum to, to see the game out.
2: You know, it hasn't been an easy start of the season by any stretch of the imagination, and not been made any easier either by some key players being injured. Uh, Josh Kelly looks like he could be out for a couple of months, which is is terrible news, and I know David Parkhouse has also been injured.
5: Yes, yeah, it's, it's well. I think it's, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? Um, we knew looking at the fixtures, at the start of the season wasn't wasn't going to be easy. And um, I think now throughout the league, you're looking at you're looking at the fixtures. And you know every game going to be very difficult. And I think it's teams just like trying to put points on the board early. Unfortunately, we haven't done that. So I think now coming the next uh, few weeks, and um, we're going to have to start really digging in and trying trying to get results out. Um, and then obviously we've got you've got the cup games in between and um, you're going Saturday, Saturday, Tuesday now for the next couple of weeks. So we know it's going to be difficult, but, you know, we have a young squad and the boys are up for a challenge. So, um, you know, it's a ball about enjoying it and, and getting out there and, and playing the best of your ability. And, you know, we have a squad and Davey's a sample a squad that, that I, I feel can do that.
2: It must be, you know, frustrating as well, though, because... I was looking at the teams, you know, the the lineups in terms of your, your head to head record with Glenavon. And I think it's like half of the players or thereabouts that started in your last game against Glenavon, which you won as I'm sure you remember at the showgrounds, you know, those players aren't available for selection. A few of them have moved away, whether it be the end of a loan, a transfer or even an injury. And uh, you try and rebuild a team, you bring in someone like David Parkhouse, a bit of a marquee signing, and then he ends up with a, you know, a serious injury too. It's, uh, football can be cruel sometimes
5: yeah it can be but I think that's, that's the same for, for every team I think you, know, you look at Glen and their situation with Perkins uh, they're probably be saying the same sort of thing you know to the player there and now it looks like he's not going to be there so I think you just have to you know you adapt to the situation you have and you know we hope we have Josh Kelly and, and David Parkhouse for um, hopefully short term that they're out and they can come back get fit and, and be a big players for us this season because they're both talented lads and both bring so much to our team so i think we we just focus on the players we have available and and put a a team out there that that can go and compete with glenavon and and hopefully get the result
2: with the new players that come in i suppose naturally it does take a bit of time to to bed into a new team does it help the fact that a few of them have come from Carrick rangers so they already know each other
5: Yes, I think it does. I think you know. I think even our league's a small league, so usually when people transfer to different teams, they've either played with people that um, in a previous team, or they're coming in and know each other's game inside and out. So I think when you when you come to the team, obviously this will be our our first home game, so it'll be the first time that uh, well some of played in front of i and mean, some have been here before. So um, I think it's just all all about playing your own game um, and trying to fit in, fit into the team that you're in and. I think it'll be, again, Glen will be a tough challenger, a big physical side, and they've got some, some quality players, and um, like Sandy Waterworth that's signed, and, and Mark Hockey, Stafford, you know, boys have have won everything at Linfield. You know, it's, it, we know it's going to be a, a tough game, um, and it's all about us going out there and trying to perform on the day.
2: I don't think anyone will be backing a nil nil in this one, even just looking at Glenavon's record alone. Four games they've been involved in so far in this campaign, um, you know, including the cup match, 19 goals.
5: That's a lot. <laughs> You've you, you probably just scudded it, so it'll probably be a nil nil. wonder you'd maybe
2: take that. But, you know, it does look on paper as though this could be uh, quite an exciting match and probably unpredictable, judging by how both teams have started the season.
1: Yeah,
5: I, I would say probably both managers have been looking the opposite. Um, but, you know, these games are always, you know, Glen Abner are going to come out and they're going to attack you and they're going to put balls in your box. And, you're going to have to defend that, and you know we've got some some great attacking players like Paul McIlroy, Ram Wade, and they're coming into a team that you know we know can create something out in Austin. So we'll be hoping that likes of them can, can really perform on the day.
2: What is the um, the the target for this season? The league cups back. You were you were victorious as we just spoke about during the week. You know, is a bit of silverware something that you would have an eye on?
5: Yeah, I, th- I think um, you know league cups back. We're of on from Shield this year. You know, it's two competitions that we'll be looking forward to. Obviously, we, we done well in the Irish Cup last year. And um, I think, and um, that's, a, a cup is obviously always, a, always a target for, for any team. Um, but we want to really cement ourselves in the league and, and really look at our, our league performance and how we can improve that from last year. And um, I think this year, maybe it'll not be as, as hectic in the fixture schedule and um, playing Saturday, Tuesday. So. Um, it's really looking at, at the minute, looking at what momentum can we bring um, from our league games, and our cup games, and and the really um, our performance as a team, and, and really going from there. And obviously, we um, always know nothing's nothing's won in September time, so um, we'll be looking at how we can perform up the up to December, and then and then looking at it from there.
2: I imagine David Jeffrey just has like a an axe to grind with the Irish Cup, you know, getting so close in the last two years. It must be somewhere in the back of his head going. I've, I've, I've obviously won this. He's won that uh, plenty of times as a Linfield manager. But he's been so close to taking Ballina to the promised land. There, he must feel like it's achievable.
5: Yeah, well, I think uh, again, any any team in the Irish League are probably um, looking at the Irish Cup, and I think for ourselves and the, the part-time teams are looking. That's probably one of your best ways into Europe, and that's what you, what you have to look at at this stage: is how can you get into European football and you're really trying to improve your team and improve your squad and. That's one of the avenues we'll be looking at and obviously then looking at getting into the top six and how we can perform then. But I think this year, more than any years, you can see, you know, the quality that's in the league. And you look at the Glint the Lawrence, the Limfields, and how they've strengthened even the Clifton and Crusaders. Um, And it's really how we can really get closer to these teams and and really compete with them is is what we're looking at and how we can challenge these teams. Um, And if if we can um, get a good run in the cup then you know, we'll be all for it.
2: And it's quite interesting, you know, the the difference or or how clubs limit the difference between the full-time teams who are training more and and have, you would think, more resources and the rest of the league. James Singleton was was saying that, you know, Glenavon have kind of added an extra night to training, even if it's an informal thing that carries on with, you know, going to the gym and looking after yourself. But the days of Irish League players... You know, training once a week or twice a week, that's kind of a, you know, something of the past.
5: Yeah, well, I think now, looking at some of the younger lads coming through, they're all fit lads, they're all going to the gym, they're all doing their own wee bits and pieces, and and you have to do that now to compete in this league. And it's not a case of just turning up on the Tuesday and Saturday, and then on the Saturday. you have to keep yourself right, and, you know, it's, it's great for the league. You know, all these improvements and things coming into the league, it, it can only benefit the young players coming through on the league in general. So, yeah, it's it's tougher for the likes of myself at at 31. Um, They really get yourself up for an extra night's training or whatever. But, again, if you want to play in the league, that's what you have to do.
2: That must be a culture shock. I mean, we're the same age, so I'm not going to try and make you sound like an old man, Ross. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be relieved to hear. Because you've been around for so long, you probably get accused of having a few extra years than you have. But um, when you see, you know, Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds coming in, like ridiculously fit, and to a point where you know seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds just weren't previously. H- how does your brain process that? Uh, and is it all of a sudden? Uh, I guess I'm going to the gym tonight.
5: Yeah, I think it, it, I think it's just your competitive edge in. Clicks in You go like, I'm not letting this young lad outrun <laughs> me, or you know, and um, you use your experience as well. And some of the some of the drills you're doing, some of the runs you're doing, it's. Uh, that you don't get out shown by maybe the, the, the quicker ones. So um, I think you as as best you use your experience and then you you get the head down you work hard and that's the the only thing especially and um, like say so when you're you're getting a wee bit older, use your head a lot more but I think um, the managers see that too. You know, they know what the older players can bring and the experience they have that some of the younger lads don't have. So um, again you, you you try to look after yourself the best you can and on and what, what your body can take. Um, and you manage you manage your own body, and I think that's the main thing, and that's the way I'm taking it forward, anyway.
2: And for you, you know, you're talking about some players haven't played in front of the Balamina fans before, but you've barely played in front of them either. It's sort of strangely the way things have been limited. You know, you have in, in smaller numbers, but th- this first home game will will be something that I'm sure you'll savor as well.
5: Yeah, to be honest I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I think I have only five hundred was the only the home crowd was limited to when I was there um, last year, so I'm um, really looking forward to Saturday and, you know, the home crowd to get behind us and, and hopefully push us on to victory.
2: Are you uh, setting yourself any we assist targets this year? Last year you, you hit the headlines for setting up a lot of goals and um you know, I'm sure that's something your manager will want you to keep chipping in with if you can.
5: Yeah, obviously I'll chip in when I can. I haven't haven't set any targets. I think last year I scored three goals as well, which I hadn't done before. So I actually said to David, don't expect that this year because <laughs> the first year in about 16 I've done it. So uh, no, I haven't set any targets, but obviously i um, always keen to, to contribute with assists and, and goals if I can.
2: The good so, thing I'll say is when you score a goal, you kind of celebrate like someone that's used to scoring goals. I mean, you didn't completely lose your head, which can so easily happen.
5: I th- I think it's, it's more of the shock of scorn. You <laughs> sort of just run run away and, and don't know what you're doing, so if that thing wasn't planned.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean? Though you see some people score a goal and it's like a total giveaway. You you could have just arrived from planet Mars and gone, he's never scored before, look at the, look at his face
5: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, that's probably me inside to prefer. I just I just don't know where I'm going. Usually you have someone jumping on the top of you which which helps you.
2: In terms of, um, you know, you talk about Paul McElroy, he's been such an important player for Balamini United. How impressed have you been with him since uh, you joined the club?
5: Yeah, Paul's been fantastic, to be honest. And I'd actually said on there a couple of weeks ago, he was a port of Dine, came back when he came back from England, to port of Dine, and I I, I didn't realise what a good player you were, because I didn't see enough of you at port of mm. so. He's been fantastic, you know, playing up front. I think, you know, likes of his hold-up players. He's been fantastic. And and you can see, you know, he, he adds goals to his game, which uh, he maybe hadn't done the previous couple of years. You know, last year I thought he was outstanding. And, and this year I think he's won uh, three goals in three games. So long may, may that continue. He's, he's a vital asset for us. Um, and if we're going to do well this year, it'll be down to the ball's goals.
2: And when you look through the team, there's a lot of young players, but there's also people maybe coming into a good age where they can start really hitting... Their peak as well, you know. Jude Winchester's twenty eight, McElroy's twenty seven, so that's a good age for these guys. Have so many games under their belt, but this might actually be the time when they they find that new level.
5: Yeah, well, I think there's opportunity there, now you know, with the people that got injured and and the teams in our squad, there's opportunity for people that they continuous games there. And you know, Jude really impressed me through um, preseason and everything. He, he looks fit, he looks sharp, he he's, he's a quality player. When you get him on the ball, you know. And um, Paul McElroy is another one. I think Biggie Wilson is a great signing for us. And um, he's had a lot of experience. Captain Dunghanon and, and he's come in there. And then some of the new lads, the likes of um, Rogers and locker at the back. You know, you know what you're going to get from them guys is they're committed and they're big and strong, strong fellows. So you, you'd think now this year they'll, they'll get a continued games in, in in the team. And you know it's up to them now to really show what they have.
2: I certainly know any time I watch Lee Chapman play for Carrick, I thought he covers an
5: awful lot of ground.
2: Who would you say is the fittest in the squad? I'll put you on the spot.
5: <laughs> it's probably me, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, no, I'd say uh, Leroy Miller. Leroy Miller is probably the fittest um, in our team, I'd say, by, by a country mile, probably. Leroy keeps himself right, and he's a fantastic professional. He's a, he's a great captain for the club. Um, he's won when I came in and really impressed me. And um, you know, sometimes when you play against players, you don't see exactly what to do. But and um, he's one; he's a vital cog um in in the Ballina team. And um, I think he's going to be an outstanding Irish League player from in, in this year and, and years to come.
2: Yep, and and uh, his mid twenties as well. You know, so there's a there's a nucleus there potentially. If you get a little bit of luck after a, a hard start, the the War on Point game is probably the one that that stings a little bit. You know, you can you can nearly forgive Glen a bit more, can you?
5: Um, not not really. To be honest, obviously starting starting with two away games isn't is easy. And you know, one point we went down in there, and um, it was a Tuesday and Saturday uh, last year, and we drew both games. So we knew going into it how difficult a game it was. And obviously, the start of the season, you're still sort of boys are still getting their fitness and seeing where they're at. So uh, I think it didn't help us. Obviously, with the international break, we we've missed out in a few games. So. Um, I think it's up to us now. We we sort of put them first two games to the side. We start our, our first home game of the season on Saturday, and then start to hopefully try and build a wee bit of momentum and um, to get us through the season.
2: Um, um, the league cup draw has uh, thrown you up away from home against uh, Crusaders. Just uh, as a final question, your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I, I hadn't realised. I didn't even know it was out yet. But um, away to Crusaders, you know, you probably can't get a one. Of, it's one of the hardest games you, you you can get, you know, in the cup. But I think you know, if you're gonna win the cup you're gonna to have to defeat the best teams and, and Crusaders are, are one of one of the best teams in the Irish league. So um, obviously it'll be a very difficult game for us but I think, you know, we, we can go there um, with no fear in, in the cup game and, and go at them and, and see what we can do. But obviously you would like like the different draw but um no it is what it is. So um, we'll look forward to going to it, going the C V and and putting a good account of ourselves.
2: OK, that fixture to be played on uh, Wednesday the 13th of October, 7.45 kickoff. Ross Redman, thank you for coming on to The Score.
1: No problem, thank you. The Score with Michael Clark.
2: That was Ross Redman, who was speaking to me yesterday, and as we were chatting, that draw had been uh, just revealed, so uh, a reaction from Ross as well. In case you have missed the Full Bet McLean League Cup third round draw odds: vs Cliftonville, Carrick Rangers vs Corain, Crusaders vs Ballymena United, as you've just heard, Glenavon vs Glen Torren, Larne against Dungannon Swifts, Linfield will play host to Institute, Portadown welcome Balnamallard United to Shamrock Park, and Warrenpoint Town are at home against Loch A reminder those matches will be played on Wednesday, the 13th of October, with a 7.45 kickoff and just a little footnote with that I guess. Um the games were due to be played on the Tuesday. Bulgaria and Northern Ireland's happening on the Tuesday, so they've been scheduled for the Wednesday. But if both clubs agree, they can revert it back to the Tuesday. So a little asterisk beside those uh, those fixtures in terms of when they'll be played, it could be subject to change. But uh for now at least, Wednesday the thirteenth of October when it's happening uh, Now just to look at the games happening in the Danske Bank Premiership this weekend Huge match at Windsor Park Linfield against Cole Rain. Linfield shrugged off any fears of an upset last Saturday With a resurgent second half performance against Portadown Christy Manzinga continuing his strong start to the season And showing that that win at Windsor Park against Crusaders Wasn't just a flash in the pan from him He added two more goals to his tally Very good start to the season from uh, someone that, I guess, a bit of scrutiny was uh, coming his way. Would he be able to fill the void of other forwards that had left? Early signs, very positive for Christy Manzinga. Positive signs for Linfield, too, in terms of a head-to-head. Last year, Linfield didn't lose any of their four meetings with Corain. They won two, and they drew two, with the Bandsiders managing only two goals across those matches during the week, David Healy's double winners were inspired to a resounding 4 0 win. That was at Dixon Park. Stephen Fallon got a double there. Matt Green and Billy Chadwick helped put the icing on the cake. And Ballyclare, comrades, defence well, They made a few changes themselves from their win um, from the previous weekend, but the Blues, too polished to be prevented from progressing. It was a similar story for Corrine. They played at Banger. Cather Freel got a hat trick along with goals from Conor McKendry and Evan Tweed, which ensured a good night out for Oran Kearney's men. They've won two and lost two from their first four in the league, Co-reign. Would they settle for their first draw if they could manage it in this one at Windsor Park? Perhaps so. The game I'm going to be at is at Seaview Crusaders against Lorne. The first meeting since their infamous Irish Cup semi-final. Lorne won two of the four league encounters last season, losing and drawing one as well. They defeated Crusaders in the County Antrim Shield on their way to winning it too. So Lorne, it's fair to say, had the upper hand when it came to meetings between these two sides. The Invermen also won on their last trip to Seaview. That was a 3-1 win. McMurray, Hale and Motley-Henry overturning the lead, which was given to Crusaders by Ross Clark in the 45th minute. McMurray, as we now know, is at Crusaders. He's had a pretty strong start to life as a hatchet man as well. Will he help inspire the North Belfast club to victory when the two teams meet tomorrow? Crusaders last weekend were held one all by Cliftonville. Very frustrating for them in a game that they were much the better side. In stoppage time, Daniel Kearns, with his first league goal for the Reds, in fact, the last time Daniel Kearns scored in the league was a couple of years ago against Cliftonville when he was a Linfield player. He's happy to be off the mark, although he did score for them last season in the Irish Cup. For Larne, it was a more straightforward event on Saturday. 3-0 they won against Warren Point Town, but both were comfortable midweek in the Cup. So, who holds the upper hand here? Last January, when they met North Belfast, it was a 3-3 thriller. Are we expecting more goals tomorrow? Maybe we should. Hopefully that is not the commentator's curse. Dungannon against Cliftonville at Stangmore Park. The Reds won their last two league games against Dungannon, but did suffer a loss at that ground last November. They'll not take this one for granted, but after being under par last Saturday in the Derby, which version of Cliftonville will we see here? The Swift secured smooth passage into the next round of the League Cup with a 3-0 victory over Armagh City which was Dean Shields' first win of the season after two defeats in the league. The Reds still unbeaten, it should be pointed out. They were made to work hard by a determined Harland wolf welders in the League Cup. Goals either half from Ryan Curran and Levi Ives spared any blushes for the solitude side. Glentorin make the trip to Milltown. Glentorin picked up six points from six in the travels there last season. They'll be hoping for more of the same this weekend. Point will be pleased with edging out Derby rivals Newry City. Even though it went to extra time in the League Cup, Glentoran were able to rest some of their key players for their 5-0 win over Bambridge. Could that be an ominous sign for Barry Gray and Co? Balamina, we've just heard from Ross Redmond, they take on Glenavon. Played two, lost two in the league, doesn't look good in that front, but confidence boosted after eventually seeing off Anna. Not without a scare, admittedly. Glenavon, they've won three out of four between these two teams last season most recent encounter well that went in favor of Balamini United but it's very hard to predict at the moment where these two teams are goals or have I just got them time will tell Now, some people are talking up this next match as a six pointer carrick against Portadown Matthew Tipton says nonsense every games a three-pointer and it's as simple as that the four times they met last season it was very easy to separate them The home team won every single time. Two for Carrick, two for Portadown. Portadown's last win, incidentally, in Carrick, was back in April 2016. Although, we should remember, Portadown did spend some time outside of the top flight. Carrick were awarded a 4-0 victory over Glenavon. I say awarded, they were 4-0 up against Glenavon when their game was halted with 19 minutes to spare. Sportingly, and unsurprisingly, Glenavon have not contested the scoreline at that time in the match. They didn't want there to be a replay or the game to be finished from the point that it was at. The outcome was a fair one. Carrick Rangers were able to keep their 4-0 win. And in that, if you haven't seen it, a very good go from Corey McMullen. So, Carrick Rangers capable of putting four past Glenavon. What will they be able to do against Portadown? Well, you can't just judge a team on one match, and that was proven midweek. Carrick, very nervy night on Tuesday against Dergview. Prevailed two one after extra time, having to come from behind to put for Portadown. It was more assured against Newington. They were two 0 winners. The games that this uh, league throws up every week are uh, usually hard to predict, and I think this weekend's bunch is uh, another one that uh, could make it difficult for anyone playing the fantasy football game. Yeah, the NFL fantasy football game. Dare I admit it? I brought some glenavon players in over some Carrick Rangers players. Seemed like a wise decision, and egg in my face. Even as a Carrick Rangers fan, I have to hold my hands up and say I was uh, pleasantly surprised by my hometown team. So uh, let's see if I have a little bit more luck with my predictions this weekend, or will there be more surprises? You can let me know what you think, as always. You can get in touch, The Score and I, on Facebook and on Twitter. But for now, we are out of time. As ever, I'm grateful for your company, and I look forward to speaking to you again on this programme. Next week, same time, same place. But for now, all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye-bye.